0: Hello, and welcome to Sex and Violence, your weekly movie podcast based around boobs, blood, blades, and balls. I am your co-host, Mr. Gabriel Mara, and I am here with my co-host...
1: Mr. Ryan Snyder.
0: How is everyone today? Ryan, how are you? I'm doing good, dude. Especially after that little movie we just watched. Uh-huh. <laughs> we picked the... I, I personally picked a, Picked a real weird one. That um, I happened to watch this one myself last week, and uh, for like the entire last week, I've been... Like wrestling isn't the right word with it, but just kind of poking my own brain—it's like it's like having a big scab. So that's my review. Dressed to Kill with Brian De Palma is like a big scab.
1: Just rip it off.
0: Rip it off. But before we get to the movie, let's do a little bit of our patented movie chit chat pitter patter. Um. What it's currently January when we're recording this, Ryan. It is. It's a brand new year. It's 2017. We have a brand new president. Best of luck to him. I don't want to <laughs> dwell on that at all. So, um, what are you looking forward to this year in 2017? There's a lot of great movies coming out. 2016 had some really good stuff, like, honestly, looking back. So, what's, uh, what's looking ahead for you?
1: Well, as your uh, blue-collar man, of course, I'm looking forward to all the uh, superhero BS that we got coming out. <laughs> oh, uh, very excited to see if a new Spider-Man movie actually does differentiate itself from the pack. Uh, the last uh, two Spider-Man movies left a real bad taste in my mouth.
0: I hated those Jamie, two movies. Jamie
1: Fox played uh, a Smurf uh, <laughs> with, with shocky powers. Um, and uh, one of our homegrown actors was in that too.
0: Yeah? Who was that?
1: The uh, the Green Goblins from Allentown.
0: Oh, Dane DeHaan's from Allentown? Yeah. I love that dude. Like, yeah. have, you seen, have you seen Chronicle?
1: I've not seen Chronicle. You should see Chronicle. I've heard you say it's like it's a American remake of Akira.
0: Yeah, it's the only American remake of Akira we need. That it's it's it borrows very liberally but isn't really a remake and we don't really need an actual remake. Please don't do it, Leo.
1: Yeah, don't do it. Just Please don't away. do it. Stay away.
0: Stay away. Save the planet. Mind your business.
1: Yeah. So Spider-Man, uh, of course, Guardians 2, that's going to be fun and Fair then on, for that one. and then on the uh the more movie cinephile kind of way looking forward to Blade Runner 2037 or whatever the hell it's 47 it it's a, something of the year Blade Runner 2 Blade Runner 2 that's what I, I'm looking forward to I'm a real big fan of that director Dennis V because I'm not going to butcher his name
0: Dene Villeneuve
1: yeah Dene okay so I'm butchering his first name too yeah
0: I want to say Denis every time or Penis Villeneuve but
1: Penis Villeneuve would hit very well for this show hell yeah <laughs> How about yourself? What are you looking forward to?
0: Um, obviously, I'm looking forward to Baby Driver. That like, Edgar Wright has never failed me. That every like thing he does, I look forward to with like, frothing a rabbit like enthusiasm. Of course. So can't wait for that. That I'm counting. Hopefully, by the time we publish this, the trailer will finally be out. But, I think
1: we're gonna um, spend a solid like ten minutes talking about that yeah, when it comes out. I'm
0: sure. gonna watch it over and over again for like days. God, I love him so much.
1: Even the trailers for his movies are so kinetic and fun. Oh,
0: yeah. I remember when a trailer for Scott Pilgrim came out. Yep. I just really, like, that's like my highlight of 2009. That's like the best memory I have from that year. Just that trailer. Besides that, I don't know. There's like uh, not a whole lot. I mean, I'm sure it'll come to me eventually, but.
1: Yeah, we need just, a list uh, in front of us. Like, yeah, oh, I'm excited like for a that. a physical
0: body list. But besides that, the only thing I'm really looking forward to is uh, probably Red Dead Redemption 2 in the video game front. Not of the course. The game yeah. Pod, Podcast, but. Um, that was one of my favorite video games of all time, and I'm looking forward to a sequel.
1: Huge fan of that video game, too. I'll tell you, the number one movie that I'm most excited for, though, Jumanji Reboot.
0: I wonder. <laughs> some of the <laughs> That's, that's, that's a big joke.
1: No, yeah. I, that can, no.
0: Are you not a fan of Dwayne The Rock Johnson?
1: Uh, not ruining my childhood. <laughs> I realized that's not a great movie to begin with, but Robin Williams.
0: Bro? I love that movie. I think that's a great film. It's not but by today's standards. Oh, I love standards, Jumanji. It's so good still. It's not it totally great. holds up. When's the last time you've seen it?
1: Uh, th- five years maybe.
0: I think it totally holds up.
1: Okay, I'll revisit that tonight then. Yeah,
0: that's one of those movies that like while bartending and like there's a TV on. If it's on, I'm putting on Jumanji. Just great stuff in the background.
1: Well, yeah. Uh, there's certain movies from my childhood I've rewatched like I've seen Space Jam within the last two years and does Mm -hmm. not hold up. it doesn't no not for me I've never been a basketball fan and I I guess Michael Jordan being at the height of his fame but no I'm a fan of a different Michael Jordan Michael Michael B. B. Jordan that reminds
0: me Black Panther absolutely looking forward to that
1: oh yeah he's the villain
0: I think he's gonna be the villain in that Creed was absolutely one of my favorite movies like the last year dude I fucking loved Creed like, oh, that movie was amazing.
1: Creed was really great, and it did an, it did that uh, the whole uh, little every time they introduced another boxer, where they mm-hmm. put the stats up and like their uh, nickname and everything like that. That was a really cool little touch, I thought, because it made yeah. it it made it a little Scott Pilgrimy and a mm-hmm. little bit. Um, suicide squad even did i know oh, much yeah.
0: de- <laughs> the much derided <laughs> suicide squad but there are was... a lot of really cool video gamey touches to Creed. that especially seeing in the theater you could hear like the way there's almost like video game style sound editing in it yeah that, that first real fight in the like in like against leo the lion or whatever yeah you hear like subtle a subtle like cannon fire in the background oh what a great movie yeah so black panther um uh what's his face uh mike no what's the director's name again
1: uh, Ryan Coogler.
0: Ryan Coogler. I was like, yes. Ryan B. Jones. I'm combining everybody's name.
1: Yeah, no, it's Ryan Coogler.
0: Ryan Coogler. Ha- can't wait for your movie, Mr. Coogler.
1: It's gonna be great. I have a really, I'm a really big uh, fan of the last movie that came out, uh, Civil War, where they had the little uh, tag at the end of it where they're actually in Wakanda. Wakanda. He's mm-hmm. like, I'm just gonna put you under, uh, under, under the sleep. Gas again? Not even sleep gas. What am I retarded? It's fucking cryogenic <laughs> freezing. Yeah, I just put him to sleep. Yeah, yeah then just you, put him to sleep. To...
0: Technically, it could be sleep gas. Yeah, for this little arm little sock this little, little metal nub, metal nub. Oh, man, no, you and I were watching that at work the other day, and I just, I just can never get over how quickly and how great we meet Black Panther. Like, it's like a three-minute scene where you meet Black Panther's father and Black Panther, and everything you need to know and like about this character is in like three minutes. Yeah. And it's better than everything about every character in Batman versus Superman and Man of Steel.
1: I'm going to get a bold statement, but I'm going to go ahead and agree with you. Hell yeah. Because I, as much as I tried to sell the extended cut of Batman versus Superman in the last podcast, mm-hmm. I still recognize it is not a great film. This mm-hmm. is just a, a little bit of a band-aid on the boo-boo. <laughs> it, it helps It helps a little bit, but it doesn't make it, it a better Watchmen, product. That's for sure. Oh, Watchmen. Oh. Four hours. I wish yeah, it was no, ten I, hours. I walked
0: out of the original theatrical cut of that like, um, yeah. You know, the best thing I can say about it is that that was definitely Watchmen.
1: Yeah, and it I wasn't want more. not
0: Watchmen. And then when I saw the director's cut, I'm like, yeah, that was even more Watchmen. It yeah. was a more more Watchmen.
1: Is that your favorite Zack Snyder movie?
0: <laughs> uh, probably. I don't know. No, you know what? Three Hundred's a pretty good movie. Yeah. I think the Three Hundred is was perfectly suited for him. Isn't I think it?
1: Sucker Punch is pretty fun.
0: Um, I I like uh, in our old podcast, Daniel and I did Sucker Punch. Uh, my opinion of that is that the action sequences are pretty great, and if it was nothing but that, like music video style, I would have been into it. But I don't think it worked as a whole movie.
1: Yeah, man, but Oscar Isaac.
0: I do love that guy, and again, it has him and uh, what's her face, uh, Carla Gugino doing uh, Roxy music.
1: Yeah, which I'm always happy to see Carla Gugino in a movie because she always shows her tits. She always does. Except for this movie. Oh yeah. She so no no tits from well, her in this. There was movie.
0: it was not a tit movie.
1: Eh, a more violence movie.
0: More violence movie, but like kiddie-ish. Eh, yeah. Pervy-ish. I don't know. I don't get that movie.
1: It's just a whole bunch of like video game levels. That's yeah, all it is. But it just didn't. Work. This anyway. level, you're gonna fight a dragon.
0: <laughs> so speaking of movies we didn't get, so this week
1: what did we do, Ryan? We went ahead and watched a movie called Dress to Kill, which we said at the top was your choice. It was my for this choice. Week. How do you feel about this choice?
0: I am. I think I... So we watched it again for the recording. I liked it more this time around, I I think. Because last time I watched it, I was maybe on my phone for about 20% of it because it just kept on dragging for me. But some details. Uh, It was made in 1980, directed by and written by Brian De Palma, starring Angie Dickinson, sex symbol over the, what, 50s through 80s.
1: That's a long career, sex symbol. she, uh,
0: She looked great watch? she had her big debut in, like, Rio Bravo, some western, where she was, you know, like, the sexy, like, ingenue.
1: Oh, so she got yeah. to be with the big guy. The
0: big guy. So, it was, uh, yeah, and Michael Caine is in it, and Nancy Allen, um, better known to everyone, probably, and me, as, uh, Officer Lewis in Robocop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ugh, Robocop.
1: And Michael Caine, better known to our younger listeners as Alfred. Mm-hmm. As Alfred. Alfred.
0: Oh, I said Alfie. As Alfie, as
1: in, yeah, yeah. So, well, as in the sex movie. Better known as Alf. Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, Michael
0: Caine was the voice of Alf.
1: No, he just eating he, cats and everything. His hair just looked like it came from Alf in this movie. Yeah, <laughs> it was all matted and alien-like. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Good old Michael Caine. Hopefully, yeah. we're gonna do some more of his uh, his grody stuff from like the seventies at some point in the show. But basic premise of this movie is Brian De Palma does his version of Psycho, where a well, let's see a Killer, kills women. How would you describe this movie, Ryan? How would I say that I've never seen this movie before? How would you sell me on it?
1: There is a person who happens to be. No, well, it's not even transgender. It's trans. It, it, no, is it it's, transsexual? It's trans- once you get the thing, and then you're transgender. I, I'm butchering I, this. I, and I, I am so sorry I, to the for LGBT community. Who doesn't, like, we're like, idiots.
0: Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure they're the same thing. I think transgender is just the more common term now. Okay. I don't see why there's like sex. Um, sex and gender, same thing, right? Yeah. So transgender and transsexual. I guess it was more commonly known as being a transsexual in the '80s. If we're wrong, we're so sorry. Seriously.
1: Yeah, we're just idiots who watch movies. But either way, I'm going to I'm going to continue butchering everything. <laughs> so, there's a person who happens to be transgender who is murdering women. Uh, not even like with a high body count. There's only like one murder.
0: Yeah. Yeah, there is. There's only one murder in this whole movie. Yeah. That's kind of wild. How did that even occur to me.
1: Yeah, it's, huh. it's more sex and less violence. But yeah. Opening shot of this movie, though, right mm-hmm. away. Titties, yes, titties up, and Bush. And
0: Bush. It goes right for
1: it. 80s Bush, 80s too. Bush. That's the best kind of Bush.
0: Also, apparently, not Angie Dickinson's Bush. It was the penthouse, or uh, playmate play, 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 uh, of the year. I play pet play, of like, the year. Playmate of the year. Yeah. I think that's what I was trying to the say. The bunny. Yeah. The bunny the showed bunny. her bunny. Yeah probably does even more in the x-rated version that is not released at this Ooh. day <laughs> who knows whoa, whoa. <laughs> vaginas we're, we're very mature yeah very
1: um, yeah. but yeah but, it just goes from there and just goes into like it's just weird
0: you know it's like i would weird is something i'd use to describe a movie like like el topo or even something like uh, um, fear and loathing in las vegas that a movie that takes kind of absurd turns to it i guess the movie say is just in- stylish As a
1: director, you have to make choices, and he Mm -hmm. just makes choices that, like, again, I'm the blue-collar guy on the show, you went to film school, so to me, it's, like, a little bit out of reach to understand why, Mm -hmm. and I would like to get into that eventually, but it's, for me, like, the long, you know, I'm just gonna get into my question right away. Sure. Why are there so many long scenes with no dialogue?
0: Um, It's all Hitchcock tributes. Okay. And also melodrama tributes that, uh... Let's see, back in the 50s, 60s, like in Hitchcock's heyday, there was a lot of like soft camera focus, a lot of like soft lighting, and a long... Oh gosh, who, who said... There's a really, really great, great quote about filmmaking that I heard recently. It was, it might have been Hitchcock who said it. It's, always make a silent film and add dialogue if you need it. That, that's how all films should be. And you know that I... Did you... So let me go right off the bat here. Uh, the movie opens with Angie Dickinson, who plays like a bored housewife. She mad she has like like a rape fantasy, and it turns out she's just trying to get herself off while having sex, boring sex with her husband. And it goes into a really, I found kind of shockingly, almost painfully long museum sequence. Yeah. Um. Did you, wh- how did you feel about that whole thing? Did uh, you Did you get it? Did it Was it effective for you at all? Not Did really. it make sense?
1: It It just it was an overly long scene that I felt could have been cut down into like a two minute kind of thing as yeah. opposed to like the 15 minute like her walking around and her mm-hmm. i'm gonna drop a glove and see if this guy picks it up and see if he wants to fuck me by smelling my glove or, yeah do you think there
0: was a time where this worked because the reviews for it when it came out were all very embraced it very enthusiastically is it that we live in a more like in a time more fixed like fixated on efficiency because it's, it's meant to be this long lush orchestrated walk through the walls of paintings. But I just found it repetitive. Well, we're almost, I got the point. We're almost 40
1: on. years removed from the original release date of it. From Oh, yeah, 19, 1980, yeah. 1980. So a lot can change in a culture in almost 40 years. And that's to anything. Like 1980s, the music from 1980 to 1986 changed drastically. True. Movies that were made in that six-year time were made drastically. And even in, uh, in the middle of all that, it, was it 1984? is when they had the the rating system change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So even weird things can happen with a culture shift, and I think this is just an example of that, that it, I don't mm-hmm. think a movie like this plays to an audience the same way today.
0: I guess not. I, I suppose not. Because it just felt super gratuitous to me. Like, this... Like, I got what he was trying to do, but it absolutely didn't work for me.
1: I think you could probably, like, I hate to say this, but I think you could probably do, like, a vague, like, remake of this in today, Mm -hmm. in today's world. Especially with, uh, you know, transgender, transsexual at the forefront of, like, everyone's topics these days. I think maybe it might come under some flack for having person like that be the villain.
0: Yeah, that's my big question for you, is that is this movie so spoiler since everyone since you're listening to this you probably saw it. Spoiler huge three, two, one. The killer of the movie is Michael caine who's a doctor, who is a struggling trans person who has this like this associative personality disorder mm-hmm. where his female side won't let his male side continue to exist. And now whenever he gets turned on by a character, his female side tries to murder him. So is this a transphobic movie? Is this, or, like, not intentionally, because clearly De Palma wants to try and make it not be a bad thing, because it has that, that Donahue mm-hmm. episode and clip, and there's the doctor. It explains it twice, that it has the doctor do it in a very, like, clinical way, like in The End of Psycho, and then it has Nancy Allen do it in kind of like a layman's term way to the kid with that really great shot of the old woman in the background. So it, it wants to be... Open, but I do you think it, it's outdated in the sense that this movie turns out to be transphobic or no?
1: I don't think it's transphobic at all. Um, like I, I had said uh, while we were watching the movie, my uh, for, for spoiler alerts, my wife is a behavioral uh, therapist, so I've been around like the talk of like the DSM talks and things like How's that. How's it a spoiler? Because <laughs> I'm gonna get into some like terminology. Sure. <clears throat> so. Um, spoiler for Ryan's <clears throat> life. There's a there's a moment when they're interviewing Michael Caine and asking about his patients and the the cop who's interrogating him calls. Dennis Franz, Andy Sipowicz. Calls him a bunch of crazies. Sure. And uh, Michael Caine does something which I immediately pointed out shows that they're treating the uh, people with uh, a mental disease or anything like that with uh, respect. He uses what's called person first language. Mm -hmm. He says that uh, they're not crazy; it's uh, a person with a mental deficiency. And I think taking that. Approach to people who are seeking psychiatric help, and then going on the other angle, people who are uh, transgender, or anything like that. I think he's treating it uh, respectfully, but I think in the back of his mind, it's just like when we open, like, hey, I, I don't know, I'm trying to treat this with as much respect as I can. So if he was disrespectful in any way, I didn't pick up on it. Okay. But I don't think any disrespect would have been intentional.
0: Yeah, I guess that makes I sense. I think
1: it's just, I think it was just a good plot point to have everyone guessing up until the end that, you know, we have, there's a, a woman who's a killer, but it turns out it's this doctor who's a man yeah. who wants to get a sex reassignment.
0: I think it could have been a lot more exploitive about it than it was. Yeah, big it big. really could have. Like, it was oddly for a movie that's pure sex and violence, it was oddly restrained about it that there's not a lot of, like, dramatic stuff of... I think it, it would have been really easy for him to do some, like, Michael Caine acts like a psycho and a wig kind of stuff. Yeah. it's all very quiet. He gets shot and he does some murders. I... I, like my own question made me think about um, the whole backlash against Gone Girl about how people were like, this movie is so misogynistic, but you're missing the point that so many of the, the the main characters are women, they're great women, yeah, and the bad like essentially one of the bad guys is Ben Affleck's character, which you're missing the point that just because your character happens to be a woman, but your, your villain straight up happens to be an evil woman doesn't make it not feminist because yeah. there's, there's multiple layers to it, but I just feel that. In the style this movie was made, in the schlocky quality of it, that this is this is a really pulpy. This is like an erotic psycho thriller. That's yeah. what this genre is. It, it's meant to titillate and also like shock you and be a whodunit. It just feels like a weird. I don't know. I wasn't very. I, the question came up for sure in my head, like that. Is this cool? I don't know. Yeah. I
1: think he tried. I think
0: he tried. And that's think he what tried. Was important. Yeah. It was I, 1980. Like. If, some, if you made this movie now with, I think, like...
1: Now, if you made this movie today, it probably would be a lot more um, exploitative of yeah. that whole issue. Mm-hmm. Which, like, there was
0: no Buffalo Bill shot, and there could have handily been a Buffalo Bill shot.
1: Yeah, they could have done a, you know, a roll it up and tuck it back yeah. kind of thing. And but they, they did it. It, no. they
0: gave Michael Caine had a lot of dignity in this movie.
1: Yeah, uh, it's... A, on that whole subject, I think he did it with as much respect as he mm-hmm. could yeah. for the time. Because, I mean, 1980, I mean, that was rise of AIDS and everything. And sure. people in that community are subjected to just being pushed off to the side. And to even have someone in the LGBT community as uh, a lead yeah, would, is great. I mean, having, well, not that Michael Caine's in that community, but having his character obviously would have yeah. been. But, yeah. And
0: I've, also, um, uh, Nancy Allen is a, like... It doesn't belie the point that she is a hooker who's smart and makes money.
1: Yeah, actually, I really like that about this. Is you have uh-huh. the the hooker and the teenage kid as like your uh, your little detectives. Yeah. It's a it's a little bit of a uh, a throwback to kind of like some nice like old school uh, noir kind of things. Mm-hmm. You have a, a, a detective who takes someone bumbling on as their <laughs> as their accomplice throughout this whole thing. But I like it even better when it's you completely subvert that whole thing and you have two people who aren't detectives True. trying to solve something, which said, hooker with a heart of gold. The hooker with
0: a heart of gold! And a whiz kid with his, comp- his motorbike.
1: Yeah, his little motorbike with a camera <laughs> in it that he's not using <laughs> to take pictures of naked chicks.
0: Yeah, right? I, that's what I would have been doing. That's what I was doing.
1: Yeah, hell yeah. Oh, Peeping yeah. Tom. So
0: let me ask you then big question. Did you like this movie? Did you like Just to Kill?
1: Um, I'm going to have to sit on it for a while because. Yeah it's uh, it's a movie that I have to kind of just like let digest it's not a movie I can immediately give a thumbs up or a thumbs mm-hmm. down to there's a lot of things I liked about it and there's a lot of things I really didn't like about it uh,
0: like, um, like, let's, focus, let's go in that direction what didn't you like about the movie uh,
1: I just didn't like that how many scenes kind of seemed to meander mm. and it could have been tighter like this minute clocks in at like uh, or this uh, movie clocks in at like a an hour and 44 and it could have been a lot tighter with that like an hour and 30 I think that mm. you could have lost some of that material and just kept it flowing a lot smoother like you said that whole museum thing yeah. that could have been cut down a little bit but I think as was, for an artistic integrity yeah. maybe not
0: it was like his stylish touches it was him it's like someone very thoroughly making a lush beautiful velvet couch it's just the couch you're supposed to sit on it but he's making a completely luxurious walk through a museum yeah. and then like, the ridiculously long like show, like end a shower sequence mm-hmm. where it's just slowly she gets out of the shower reaches for a razor it goes on forever but that was his intention. Yeah. So it's it's not necessarily a mistake. It's yeah. just a, a choice that didn't work for us.
1: Yeah. Uh, characters in my mind weren't particularly memorable. The only thing I, I'm going to really remember from this a uh, whole lot is the,
0: uh, the... The cop. The cop.
1: Uh, the actor again?
0: Um, Dennis Franz from Dennis NYPD Franz. Blue.
1: Okay, there you go. Uh, like you had said, I, you would watch a whole... Series of television about just yeah. his character in that movie. He was, Detective Moreno He's pretty funny. I, Ooh, God, I enjoyed him sons. and the uh, the whole twist ending from it. I mean, it kind of it, it hurts to say this, but it might end up being like a Shyamalan movie to me, where i remembers oh. remember <laughs> the twist. I, the characters weren't as memorable to me. The uh, hooker with a heart of gold, and then you know, kid genius here mm-hmm. making his uh, his mother tells him he, his name's Peter in the movie. This is a, a touch I really liked, and they're going on about like, what are you going to name this device you're working on? It it clicks on like binary numbers i don't know i'm not a science guy what the <laughs> fuck do i know um
0: it carries and she
1: tells him to name it a peter after himself and then she leaves and she goes i'll just tell your grandmother that you're playing with your peter I'm like uh, ah, uh, sexual uh, humor i jokes. really enjoyed that that's probably the one joke i remember but yeah the twist is like the big thing i'd like to watch it again mm-hmm. i feel like on a second viewing i'll probably enjoy it as much as yeah, you did I,
0: I picked up a lot more this time around that very very <laughs> artfully in the cab chase, where well, not chase. When she gets in, the, when uh, Angie Dickinson gets in the cab, and she's, is she getting finger blasted, or is he going down on her?
1: Uh, I think he starts off by finger blast, and then goes down. Sure,
0: why not? But in the backs, in the background, in the cab behind him, it's a shape that looks a lot like Michael Caine in the wig in the cab behind him, following her. Really? Yeah, because you, you know when someone picks up the glove, that's mm-hmm. Michael Caine. Oh, and even the background saw so when she first when she the guy kisses her in yeah. the cab you see Michael Caine's character bend over and pick up the glove
1: get the hell out Yeah, there okay. was
0: a, this is actually like a sm- like Brian De Palma's no dummy he's a very good of course director not, yeah. he's just it kind of reminds me of a, I guess um, like this movie took a lot from it um, Nocturnal Animals which okay. I saw that was really easily top 5 of the year for me last year Or it's a movie that is made by a stylist who is all about lurid imagery? Who also has a very, very, very keen eye for detail? Hmm. I definitely enjoy this movie on the visual level. Like it's, it's clearly a huge Hitchcock thing. Um, were you a Hitchcock guy? I meant to ask you. How many Hitchcocks have you seen? Uh,
1: not many. Uh, The Birds. That's good. I remember seeing a uh, long time ago. I've never. It's a silly one. I can't really say I'm not a Hitchcock guy, or I am, just because I really haven't seen too much. Of course, Psycho, who hasn't? Mm-hmm. Um, but I never really went down the, the whole rabbit hole of Hitchcock, which I guess I probably should. You
0: definitely probably should. At least catch like his essential ones, like Rear Window. That's that's a family movie, okay. my, my, Like my consideration. that It has sexy elements to it, but it's a movie for everybody. It's one of the tightest, most brilliant movies ever made, ever, in my IMHO.
1: I had a... Like,
0: you and your wife could watch that and really enjoy it together.
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll make a bet on that one. No, Rear <laughs>
0: Window, I swear to God. It's so funny and sweet and genuinely thrilling and scary at the same time. You know, the, the whole premise is just, it takes place in one courtyard where Jimmy Stewart is a peeping Tom and he mm. thinks he witnesses a murder. Yeah. And that's the whole thing. And it just gets so tense and it's a really funny, sweet love story at the same time. Okay, It's like, it's if I had to pick one perfect movie, it might be that one. Really, it okay. it really is every level T to B perfect.
1: All right, I might have to get a list of uh, essential viewing on Hitchcock from you then. Yay! Um, I got some questions here then for you. Um, Lay
0: 'em on me, man.
1: So, De Palma being a, a Hitchcock nut, apparently, yes. as we've established that, is this movie more homage or inspiration?
0: I would say it's definitely homage. Um, apparently, um, when Hitchcock was asked about it, he called it a fromage, which is very funny. I guess fromage means cheese right
1: uh, I'm not sure I think I'm, that Dexter's I'm uncultured
0: episode. <laughs> and there's a Dexter's lab episode where all he learns is to say cheese omelette he just says omelette de fromage so oh, I guess yeah. that yeah, well, we'll,
1: we'll use Cartoon Network as a yeah. barometer yeah. on other cultures <laughs>
0: we're 90s kids so it's very very clearly top to bottom a Hitchcock homage but I think he does a really he, he makes it his own that he mm-hmm. makes it his own schlocky thing. That okay. It is for sure super cheesy. I think this movie borders on tacky at points, but I think that he definitely he cares and it's 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 exactly his intention. Okay. That I don't think there was a single frame in this movie where he didn't like agonize over, and that's like we were just talking about Phantasm, mm-hmm. and how that's a movie where the guy put his heart and soul to making this movie. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure Brian De Palma was in love making this movie and wasn't lazy even for a second making it.
1: Yeah, he had a good uh, string of hits throughout the '80s. Yeah, um, and I was reading an article about another one of his movies, which this had actually popped up, uh, *Dressed to Kill*, and it made me actually more excited to read it after it was compared to the other movie. But um, what was the other movie? Uh, *Raising Cain*, which I yeah, really, yeah, yeah. I really want to see that because I, I've, I've never seen Let's it. Let's go. But it it deals with like similar issues, you know, split personalities and things like that. Mm-hmm. So I think this could be like. Raising Kane could probably be like almost a spiritual sequel.
0: Sure, uh, I'm into that.
1: Yeah, I'm into Lithgow being the villain. I, like, I love I like that guy Dexter. so
0: much. He was so great in Dexter. That was <sighs> that was the last season I watched.
1: That's the last season you really need to watch.
0: Yeah, that's what I thought too. That's yeah, what I heard.
1: there's not much going on after that. I mean, the, there's a few like cool highlights, but like once yeah. you get into like season eight of Dexter, it's yeah, God, I heard fun. it has like, one of the worst uh,
0: endings like of all time.
1: Oh, uh, uh, it it's probably worse than Sopranos ending. Wow. Yeah, it's that bad. Yeah, I would have rather seen him get like. I would have rather Dexter cut to black. That's <laughs> like, that's I've, how badly I, I did feel not like the ending.
0: Dexter should have ended of him getting murdered
1: or opening a laboratory.
0: Oh yeah, she'd have fine. I would yeah, enjoyed that. See, have a sister. Wait, what was his sister's name again in the show?
1: Uh, wow, Deborah. She, Deborah.
0: She's <gasps> Dee Dee. Ah.
1: Wow, this could work. Let's do it. That's right Let's write across it. Let's pitch it. Yeah, I think we could do that. I think it'll work. Dexter's, Gen- Gen- Dexter's Kill Laboratory? Yes!
0: Jeff Lindsay and Gendy Tartofsky.
1: Uh, Jeff Lind- I've read one of the books. You've read one of the Dex- no, Dexter are they any books? No, they're good. Eh, they're all right. First one's all right. First one's season one, so I'd better sure. just watch season one than read the book. Mm-hmm. It goes in different directions. but
0: um, You know, like that, I consume cough drops at an alarming rate because, mm-hmm. listeners, I'm a former smoker. I got the idea from lozenges from Dexter. Really? Yep. Wow. Look at that. I have a distinct memory of watching season one in my little apartment and being like, "Lozenges." All right, so Ryan, like, my my, my question, c- partly why I wanted to do this movie in the first place is that it's a Criterion pick, and very rarely has the Criterion collection led me astray. Uh, why do you think this was a Criterion pick? Do you like
1: director? That's that's, that's the only it? reason. Think, just because yeah. it's De Palma. Just because I mean, it's like, De Palma.
0: Like carries, on carries another big property, I guess, but
1: uh, it, there's nothing about this that really earns its criterion stamp. Uh, Criterionity? Criterionity. Yeah. Uh, it's, it, it's a weird pick to it's put criteria. in that. Criteria. Criteria. Criterion criteria. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, there we go. That's what we got. Uh, yeah, I don't know why this would have been in that at all. Like,
0: I, like watching this movie, I stop and think, what, is this a bad movie? I
1: I don't yeah. know.
0: It, it, I, I'm afraid we might have like a reverse phantasm where we're going to talk ourselves into hating it.
1: <laughs> so I think that might I, be happening. I think
0: like, I, that I'm, I'm being told because it's the cartoonian Collection and everyone says so that this is a great movie and I tend to not disagree with like the big boys. Yeah. But I, I, I like this movie for the most part a lot of the time. But I don't know if this was a good movie. I think it's kind of stupid. A I'm lot kind of, of it. Yeah, I'm kind of 50-50 on well. it.
1: Like my, I had a couple of complaints yeah. on it with like I talked about, but like 30 minutes for the plot to kick in. A yeah. bait-and-switch of protagonists. These
0: like, could also be good things. But they could be to the right mind. I don't think the they're right done like, super adroitly.
1: No. Like you said, it's a labor of love, but like if uh, I think this could have spent a little bit more time in production, maybe a little bit more time in post-editing this a little bit better. Yeah.
0: I think it's already a thin movie as it is but I, I, this time mm-hmm. around that, here's something that I will always do when I watch when I re-watch a movie especially if I didn't really get it it's that I'm always pleased by how much shorter I realize a movie is mm-hmm. that when I saw The Revenant which I thought was not very good I didn't really care for The Revenant the second time I, I, have, I, I tend to see things twice to make sure I liked them or didn't like them and like the second time around, I'm like, oh, this movie's a lot shorter than I remembered. Okay, cool.
1: Yeah, it's easy. It's easier to stomach it when it's like, hey, it's less oh, than I two hours. I know what's coming up next, and yeah. it's gonna,
0: I can like look forward to this scene or that scene and not pay attention to whatever. Yeah, and,
1: and how long it's going to be from this point A mm-hmm. to point B to point C. And yeah. I have
0: boobs to look forward to. Yeah, of course. It's like, you see you see like a little bit of side nippy when she's on the table. Yeah. And then she gets in the shower, and it's like, yeah. And also, you can enjoy the fact that it's thematic bookends of shower, shower and scenes. Yeah.
1: Except, yeah. Nightmare. Fantasy Nightmare. Yeah.
0: Like this, I, I think, I don't think there's a lot to get in this movie. It's not some puzzle box. But I think it's, you appreciate the stylistic touches the more you think about them, but on gut level, I'm just like, I think this is dumb.
1: Yeah, that's kind of, uh, for the first half of the movie, that's where I was at with it. And Once we got the, uh, the whole thing solved, I was a little bit more pleased with it. Mm-hmm. I was like, why did it take me this long to figure out that this fucking guy is the killer? Uh-huh. And that kind of annoyed me. I wish there was... There were probably more clues in the background, like you were saying on Second yeah. Watch, you picked up a few more things. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's it's pretty good at hiding it the whole way through, I yeah. think. I didn't, I didn't really this, grab this it until the very
0: end. it's not like a failure by any means, and there's a lot to appreciate, but I guess holding it up to light today, it's... it's
1: Yeah, it's there, there's certain things from the 80s that still hold up. Like, I still mm-hmm. maintain that Goonies is a perfect film. Uh-huh. And that's, what, 86? Was it 86? Something like that. Correct yeah. me if I'm wrong come at tweet me tweet at Ryan yeah tweet at me and uh, correct me and call me an asshole that's fine <laughs> uh, so yeah I think that's all I have as far as questions for you mm-hmm. oh I have one more uh, going with the uh, the crazy doctor angle do you think that this movie had any inspiration on Silence of the Lambs I had mentioned to you that um, during the filming of Dark Knight Nolan brought a whole bunch of movies to the casting crew and they would watch them they did the same thing with La La Land recently too oh yeah what did they watch have, uh, I forget what they watched for La La Land but it was like a old musicals, stuff like sure, that, like there was something Red a little Ginger. bit more current that they watched, but I do recall with uh, Dark Knight they were watching stuff like Heat um, mm-hmm. to get that kind of crime tone a little bit down. Sure. Do you think that this would have uh, had a place on the set of Silence of the Lambs?
0: I think, like, I could see a little bit, but I feel that, I, I'm sure that it's like the, sex, the sexual angle I think kind of makes a little bit of sense, but I think that Silence of the Lambs, when's the last time you've seen it?
1: Uh, probably a month ago, dude. I watched yeah. that. I watched the movie All like ten times again. a year. That's one of my top tens.
0: I think that's like a singularly smart machine of a movie, of very little fat on it. That's a perfect movie. Yeah. And I think that, I think like with Jonathan Demi, in passing maybe even could have like seen Bombard, like Just to Kill and was like, I can do that movie like way better.
1: Yeah, I can make it a little bit more. I can make it stylish, and
0: scary, and not so Hitchcocky. Like like I'm not making a Faberge egg. Yeah. Uh, so back to my last question for you. Sure. Having seen this, um, I like. So you're a diploma fan? Uh, I'm
1: passing. Sure. I like Untouchables.
0: Having seen this one, would you want to see his other like lurid Hitchcockian things like Sisters or? Because I was considering doing Body Double for this podcast mm-hmm. as well. I might still. Does this make you want to see those or dread seeing those?
1: Um. I would see where he went. I would want to see something he did after this. Yeah. I want to see something after 1980 to see him getting his hand and his craft down a little bit better. Mm-hmm. So, I would I would see it, yeah. This doesn't All deter right. me from seeing any other De Palma movies I've seen. Like I said, Untouchables is a great movie in yeah, my eyes, but that's, that's, a that's a also a little stylish. Yeah. It's guns and shit like that, so. I, but yeah, I'd be down to watch something that's a little bit more Hitchcock-inspired. So, yeah, honestly, I'm, well.
0: a, I'm a little bit more put off by it. Really? That... If Body Double is going to be more of this, I'm actually more hesitant to watch it. Because I was hoping for... Like, now that I've seen, like, this is one of those famously, like, like porn-soaked ones. Mm-hmm. So, if I have to expect more of this lush, glacial, like... The dressing the window stuff I'm kind yeah. of like I don't really want to watch more of that give me more of a lean machine so hopefully he improves upon it there's something like body double which I think I will do for the show eventually
1: all right we'll but give him, we'll give little. him one more chance yeah one more shot Bri yeah see what you got bro
0: the pounds
1: uh, so De anything else your face huh anything else for this one or we got we no. can get everything done I think that's all all right uh we still haven't really decided what we're doing for the next one uh oh, yeah. my pick up next what's your feeling? I'm not really sure. I kind of, I don't know if I want to go the horror direction. I want to stay away from uh, Lone Wolf and Cub. I want to give that a little bit of time before we hit, let it hit another one. Yeah, let it breathe a little bit. Maybe after 10 episodes I'll revisit. But I'm thinking maybe going horror. Um, yeah, that's my only thought right now. I, I could change my mind in a second, but that's kind Sounds of where weird. I'm leaning right now. So we'll see where we're at. We'll so.
0: find out next week, listeners, when we come back with Brian's pick. Whatever it's going to be.
1: Yeah, it will be something fun. But until next time, guys, this has been Sex and Violence. Brian Snyder, out.
0: This is Gabriel Mara. Bye.